TV meteorologist fired for using a racial slur on the air, but was it actually just a context issue and not a common sense issue? Meanwhile, hundreds of TSA screeners are calling out sick, mostly because they ain't got nothing to do for work. And Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is also not going to work because at some point in time, you kind of got to take a few days off. First time in 25 years. Big stories this week, but not quite big enough. Not in the top 10 for this week. So what stories per se you are there? The top stories for this full week. We'll talk about them in just a moment here on the wrap-up show from thisisaconversation.com. This is for the week ending January 12th, 2019. And welcome to the show. I'm Jake Cleveland Payne, your host for all things that run through this is the conversation.com, including this show here, the weekly wrap up. Well, we will wrap up in mere moments the top stories of the week and talk about some other stories not quite top. And one story so far at the bottom, we call it the almost irrelevant story of the week. It's never all that irrelevant. It just just doesn't get a lot of love, so we always give it a little extra love before we're done for the week and go from there. And this is a weekly deal we do that offers you a chance, at least the show offers you a chance to hear what you think about every single day as we go through the stories that aren't necessarily being covered as the top news because top news is what it is. I know each and every one of you listening is a news junkie in some sense, and so you get a little tired of what's being fed to you by the mainstream media, whether you believe them or not, whether you have a favorite or not. You know that what gets stuck on a chyron are the things that are the top stories that really are just the stories that are the easiest to talk about all day long. So there's plenty of other news going on around the world, and we tend to give you headlines from various sources on those news. In fact, we overachieved this week 178 different independent stories linked this week. No super stories whatsoever. Everything was a specific story on its own, and we will talk about about 16 of them on the day. First, we'll open up with the top 10 stories of the week, which are the ones that you said were the top by your response on Twitter and Facebook. Then we'll go to the almost irrelevant one, the one that's the very lowest in the scheme of things, uh, going from Friday the 4th to Friday the 11th, more or less. More or less when the later stories posted this morning as we record this on Friday the 11th. And then we'll talk about the almost rands, rounding out the top 15, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 stories, like we said in the tease, that were pretty Pretty hot, but not quite hot enough to make it into the top range. So if you're new to the show and not sure how you get into any range whatsoever, it's very simple. We have a main website called thisistheconversation.com that hosts the show and other assets for this conversation we have online. But most of the actual conversation is done via social media in Facebook and Twitter. So if you follow us on Facebook, look for This Is The Conversation and make sure we're set to be in your feed as a natural storyline so our stories pop up in your feed. Or follow us on Twitter, TH underscore conversation. You'll get to see the stories as we post them throughout the day. We post them about every 50 minutes or so. We post a new story here or there so you can see new things out there. So sometimes it takes a while for the stories to get to you. And as they come up in your feed, if it's something that you're interested in, interact with it. Like it. Love it. Hate it. Share it. Respond to it. The more response a story gets, which means the hotter it really is, the more engagement it gets tallied up. And at the end of the week... Today, we tally them all up right before we get ready to do the show so we know exactly what to talk about. And even I'm surprised at what exactly pops up in the top 10 and on beyond. So that's what we're going to do today. And we're going to have a great time doing this as always. 
We're also expected to have a great time today because scheduled to appear is the Brackets game. And Big O from In the Black Podcast will be playing the Brackets for the first time in many, many moons. And so I'm a little rusty. No one really understands it. But this is a guy that is really on top of news and information. And he just came back from a pretty awesome trip to Africa, literally, uh, showing pictures of what's going on. He does a lot of things. He'll explain it to you. He's a photographer. He's an entrepreneur. He does a bunch of stuff. And he, him and his boys have a really cool podcast I got a chance to be on a while ago, while I was in the hiatus for this, as it was, so I wasn't promoting this one. Uh, but hopefully he'll bring me back on and we'll talk more newsy stuff instead of the kind of cheesy stuff I was on last time. I'll beg for forgiveness later. But first, let's go ahead and get into what you really need to get into, the top 10 stories for this week. Opening up with a headline in this week's 10 spot is HBCU President's Giving Circle Raises $120,000 for 24 HBCUs. This was posted on Tuesday, January the 8th when we posted up there. And this, I'm going to give you the synopsis of the story. I got it from a site called HBCU Digest. Essentially, it's a a, a website, a news site that talks about the news going on in historically black colleges and universities. So... Giving Tuesday happened a few months ago, and when it happened, there were basically a couple of presidents of historically black colleges who were talking about we should give a little bit to ourselves to help ourselves out. That turned into a circle of 24 HBUs, HBCUs that raised $120,000 together on that Giving Tuesday. So if you've not heard of Giving Tuesday every year, there's a day where many charities uh, basically are asking for your money, asking for donations. I believe it was in November, towards the end of the year, as a way to get a push of giving as we're ending the end of a season. Because, of course, you'll hear a lot of people talking about giving the last couple of days of the year. This was right before the true being spent out for Christmas that was happening, so you still had money in your pocket to give. A good thing for the, the colleges and the universities that fall into this case, if you don't know of an HBCU, just go to Google and look some up. There's some very, very prestigious colleges that you know about, and there's some very smaller ones that you probably don't know about that are probably right in your backyard. If you're looking for a way to get a great education because they are quality educational places and maybe for a little less money because most of these things are state schools or community colleges that offer great deals for you and they're not like the for-profit things that bite some people me included check them out check out hbcu as a place to go because you don't have to be historically black or black at all to go to these schools they just have a heritage that you'd be proud to share if you were to attend one so check it out we're very happy for this story opening up this week I'm going to try to not spend much time on this one because all that's been said and done in this one has been oversaid and overdone. Democratic leaders Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer will jointly give a response to President Trump's border wall speech tonight. That given on Tuesday, January the 8th, when we posted it, tonight was actually on Wednesday. This story gets a bump of response from the number 10 story of 2.65%. What happened? President Trump gave a speech, primetime speech, primetime address to all the networks took on, it was, I believe it was 8 o'clock my time, Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, uh, to talk about why he needed a border wall, why they needed to fund this thing. And he actually did a fairly good job of backing away from most of the crazy talk and giving it in, in context that actually sort of made sense, even if it was still sort of a, a holding us hostage for $5 billion. Meanwhile, days earlier, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer wanted some equal time as well, and the networks offered to put Chuck and Nancy up on TV afterwards in a very weird setting with some very strange uh, eyeball contact and lots and lots and lots and lots of memes. 
which is what we do these days. So the president got the chance to say his say. Nancy and Pelosi and Chuck Schumer said their say. And it is, uh, uh, what, four days past that? And yes, the government still shut down. We'll talk about that much, much later. This week's number eight story may count as the nastiest story of the week and not the Miss Janet type next nasty. This one, pretty bad. Headline, chocolates, caramels might be contaminated with hepatitis A, FDA warns. That's the headline. Thursday, January the 10th was the day that we posted that one. 20% bump in response from the number nine story. I'm going to read you some lines from our source, which was USA Today Online. Candy sold at a Kentucky company and QVC is being voluntarily recalled for a fear that it might be contaminated with hepatitis A, according to the U.S. Food and Drug Recall Notice. Bauer Ch- Chandy's famous Moldikas, totally butchering that, individually wrapped marshmallow candies dipped in chocolate or caramel came in contact with a factory worker who tested positive for the contagious liver disease. Customers who purchased the gourmet candies after November 14th Butchering that as well, should throw the candies away, according to the FDA. The employee who tested positive for the virus worked at the company until November 23rd. Anna Bauer, president of Bauer's Candies, said in a statement that the company voluntarily discarded all in house candy, sanitized equipment, and began working with federal state agencies after learning of the possible contamination. She said no candy products made after November 25th were affected. FDA says the risk of contacting hepatitis from the candies is low, but advises customers who ate the recall candy, contact your doctors to see if they need medications to prevent a possible infection. So if you bought some of them candies uh, during the time that they were deemed bad, throw them away, call your doctor, just be safe. We're moving on. The seventh story for this week, Evangelical Group Wants Gays Removed from Anti-Lynching Bill. This comes from NBC News, posted on Thursday, January the 10th. This has a bumper response, just a slight one, a 0.54% from the eight story. A few lines from the story from the website for NBC News, slightly updated since it was posted, but here's what we have. The U.S. Senate last month unanimously passed a bill that would explicitly make lynching a federal crime. Not everyone, however, is pleased with the passage of the Justice for Victims of Lynching Act. Liberty Council, an evangelical nonprofit that opposes gay rights, and its chairman, Max Daver, are taking issue with the bill's inclusion of LGBTQ people. The old saying, this is a quote, the old saying is once that camel gets the nose in the tent, you can't stop them from coming the rest of the way in, Staver said in an interview with conservative Christian news outlet One News Now. This is a way to slip it in under a so-called anti-lynching bill and to then to sort of circle the wagons and then go for the juggler at some time in the future. Well, there you go. Uh, now, the group that Staver runs has been deemed a anti-HGBTQ hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center, which some people have you know, issues with them as well. Um, and essentially, uh, people are saying, please don't listen to these folks because they ain't valid. However, your as part of our community, have valid reasons to believe whatever you want to. And we want you to feel free, as this is a mostly free open space, as long as you don't start calling people out directly, we're good. So have your comments sent to the uh, this posting for this week's show on what you think about this one specifically. And we can go back and forth on, on this one. I have my ideas. You probably have your ideas. We can talk about those Online, offline? Well, we'll we'll think of that anyway. But this is a story that was hot enough for you guys to put into the top ten and probably hot enough for the country to want to really deal with in total 
sooner or later. The next story is a horrible story we have to report, and it was posted literally hours before we started working on today's show or this weekend's show. Uh, one of the earlier posts I put in from Friday morning, and it was such a big thing. It blew up, and it's here, and unfortunately it's here. The headline, California police officer Natalie Corona, 22, shot and killed Friday, January the 11th, as we posted this. This gets a bump response of 4.28%, the number six story. As we said, it only took a few hours to make it into the six spot for the week. A few lines from the Sacramento Bee on the um, updated story. The update of the headline is, Gunned down on her beat, Officer Natalie Corona mourned as suspect found dead in Davis' home. Let me go into uh, some, some details. Davis, Davis, California. The call came in to Davis Police just before 7 p.m. Thursday, a three-car accident near 5th and D Streets that by any measure would have considered routine. Officer Natalie Corona, 22, who graduated from the Sacramento Police Department's training academy in July and completed her field training just before Christmas, responded to the scene alone. Corona, whose father spent 26 years as a Closa County Sheriff's deputy, was an eager rookie officer, a young woman who started with the department in 2016 as a community service officer and who stayed on the job even when funding for her position ran out. She posted she posted tributes of her Facebook page to fellow officers, including those who died in line of duty. It goes deeper and deeper into the story of what's going on. Here's a little bit more skipping down a bit. Thursday night, she became one of the fallen when a suspect at the accident scene opened fire and gunned her down, sparking an original a night-long siege in this quiet college town that lasted until Friday morning. Officers from throughout the region and the Bay Area swarmed into Davis following the shooting, forcing shelter-in-place warnings for UC Davis students and prompting a flurry of texts, phones, and email alerts to the community. Corona was rushed to UC Davis Medical Center in Sacramento, where she was pronounced dead late Thursday, while officers surrounded a home a block away from the shooting scene where they believe the suspect might be hiding. Police spent hours trying to coax the suspect out, using floodlights and commands on loudspeakers to him to emerge with hands up. At one point, sending a robot ignited flashbang grenades. At 1.30 a.m., Friday police finally announced that they found inside a rental home in the 500 block of 5th Street. Um, they didn't pronounce the name, but they pronounced a person dead from self-inflicted gunshot wound. A uh, very sad story. Uh, it's... Um, she is believed to be the first female officer killed in the line of duty, obviously, this very early year. She may be the first major line of duty death this this season so far. I'm not so sure on, on that one. But we all talk about the um, the sacrifices that people give. And, yes, some people maybe put a little too much push on their, their sacrifice. But we all talk about the sacrifice that people that put themselves in the line of duty like this give. And this was essentially a routine um, traffic accident that should have been write down some information, take down, down your insurance and move along that ended the life of a very young, very eager officer who, for all practical purposes, was happy to be doing her job and just took the wrong call on the wrong night. We all have stories of crazy exes, but does yours compare it to the headline for the number five story this week? Phoenix woman sent date 159,000 text messages threatened to turn his kidneys into sushi. Our source, Fox News, date posted Friday, January the 4th, and a bumper response of 5.64% from the number six story. A few lines from this one because, yeah, you need it. A Phoenix woman reportedly sent a man she met on a dating website more than 159,000 texts, including one stating that she wanted to turn him, his kidneys, I should say, into sushis. Sushi plural and singular. According to police documents obtained by the Arizona Republic, Jacqueline Addis 
allegedly sent the man the messages over the span of nearly 10 months, so it took a little while. She had originally been accusing of sending him more than 65,000 text messages, but the number was probably more than double that. The arrest report listed the woman as, quote, showing signs of mental illness, unquote, the newspaper reported. Addis uh, reportedly met the victim, a Parasite Valley man who was not identified through Luxury, a dating site for millionaires. The two went on one date, but Addis allegedly became infatuated and continued to pursue him. However, the man, who was said to be the CEO of a skincare products company, was not interested in a relationship. As you can see, it all went very crazy from there. The text that we're talking about specifically says, well, there's a few of them. Here's one that says, I'd wear your fascia and top of your skull. Well, let's skip that one. Here's one. I'd make sushi out of your kidneys and chopsticks out of your hand bones. Yeah, that one was um, legible and crazy. So, um, number one, I'm married. Number two, I'm not a millionaire, so I have no reason to know of a thing called luxury. L-U-X-Y, in case you are a millionaire and want to get on this site. But um, be careful of who you tendering these days because sometimes it doesn't take a bar to find the crazy, if you know what I mean. Moving on to the number four story this week, and this is one you've heard a million times, so we won't spend a lot of time on the story because it's going to be it's going to play out next week, and you're going to definitely hear more about it coming up then. Trump's ex-lawyer Michael Cohn will testify at House Oversight Committee before entering prison. Thursday, January the 10th is the posting of this 6.83% jump in response from the number five story. Now, how do you get to be a story crazier than a lady who wants to eat your kidneys? Well, you're Michael Cohen, and you just got convicted of, of lying on things on behalf of Donald Trump, and you're about to go to prison, and you decide, sure, I'll testify before the House in public for the people to see and hear. Now, most of this will be public. Now, there may be some issues where they go to private session when they're dealing with things that are Russia-related that are actually national security things, but the general gist of the Stormy Daniels-type stuff Oh, we about to air more dirty laundry than Stormy Daniels did during Donald Trump's press thing last this this week. Anyway, not much to talk about here other than the fact that Michael Cohen, who, of course, is going to prison in a few months, uh, is going to sit down with the um, a House Oversight Committee sometime in the next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. And we'll get the chance to see it because it will be public. I'm sure it'll be all over the TVs and we may hear some fireworks and see some spark tweets, tweak sparks, spark tweets from the president as this thing happens. I have an interesting take on the next story because it does make sense. However, the actual argument that's being made is something that you've heard mostly from people who are nationalists. And you can say whatever country or color you want to be for nationalists. But this is something that we're finding out here that many people in Europe have found uh, in about a decade ago. The headline is Americans aren't making enough babies to replace ourselves. From NBC News, this is posted on Thursday, January the 10th as well. This was the top-rated Facebook story of the week, by the way. 19.09% jump in response of the uh, four story. And let me give you a few lines for this, and then we'll go deep into my conspiracy theory on here. Now, Americans are having fewer and fewer babies, a new government report finds. In fact, we now aren't making enough babies to replace ourselves. For the population to reproduce itself at current numbers, the total fertility rate needs to be 2,100 births per 1,000 women of childbearing age over a lifetime. That, of course, rounds out to about 2.1 babies. Every woman should be having about more than two babies averaging out. Uh, right now, we are at um, 1,765.5 per thousand. That is 60% below the number needed to keep the population going. 
A little more details of the science. Total fertility rates have been declining steadily for seven years, but the numbers for 2017 represent the biggest drop in recent history. The rate for 2016 was 1820.5, 2015 was 1843.5, and 2014 was 1862.5. So what does this mean? It literally means we don't have enough babies being born in American in America as Americans, basically next generations, to replace the people we have on the planet. Now, you could say, or in the country, you can say we have the numbers of the people in the country is one thing. But this actual argument is what's being tossed around in Western Europe by the populations and the changing colors, literally changing colors, as more brownish people are showing up at the shores and obviously having more babies. Uh, so the populations in particular, in by percentages, are changing. We know that America very soon will no longer be a majority Caucasian country. Um, the Caucasian will be a major a minority in itself. It won't be the true min- a minority of of all. This is calling counting all colors, all creeds essentially. So, but it won't be a totally um, monopolized by Caucasians as over fifty percent. There'll be less than 50% when you add everybody else up. So the browning of America and the browning of the world as we are becoming a more tannish people because we're all mixing up together is happening. This, of course, is something that many of the nationalists use to um, shout their nonsense. But it actually is an actual thing. People who are, quote, unquote, Americans, not calling color, race or creed, uh, just basically of citizens aren't making enough American babies to add up to enough Americans. You see this issue with Social Security, you see this issue with just taking care of people with pensions, and you see this in just kind of the lifestyles of the younger people, the millennials and whatever you're calling it, the next batch of people who rightfully so have a reason to think they should push back on having children very early. But the process means we end up with less children. If that's a problem for you, that's a problem for you. This is something else we can discuss inside comments of the wherever you potted this cast or inside of the website this is conversation.com. Chat with me on this one. We can see what we say about that. Headline for the number two story this week reads like this. Ohio State QB Tate Martell enters the NCAA transfer portal in wake of Justin Fields joining Buckeyes. If you're not a college football fan, this one may not make much sense, but bear with me for a bit. Thursday, January the 10th is when we posted this. Fairly late last night. 54.2% jump in response from the number three story. As we wrap up the American football seasons here, which was the college football season now totally ended and the uh, the NFL season now in week two of the playoffs going to be done first week of February, you start seeing a lot of things fall into place or literally fall apart, if you will. People are preparing right now because you have to for next year. So teams that did absolutely no nothing in the pros are trying to gear up and be at full force so that when the draft comes, they can get the best players and do better. College players, college teams are now on break, so the students are now figuring out what they're going to do for the rest of the year for school and some of them for future endeavors. Some of those means that players that didn't get enough love where they were are trying to get to play in other places, and it's a kind of complicated process. Let me read you a few lines from um, CBS Sports where we got this particular headline, but it was all over the place as transfer season is a big deal for college football. Ohio State quarterback Tate Martell has entered its name to the NCAA transfer portal, according to a report from Evan Eleven Warriors. The redshirt freshman played in six games for the Buckeyes in 2018 behind Heisman Trophy finalist Dwayne Haskins. Players in the portal all interested in transferring can be contacted by coaches. Martell, a former four-star prospect, 
and the number two dual threat quarterback in the class of 2017, completed 23 of 20 passes for 269 yards and one touchdown in 2018 and added 128 rushing yards and two touchdowns. The 5'11", 205-pounder was used primarily to mop in mop-up duty and as a Wildcat quarterback for Urban Meyer and Ryan Day's Buckeyes in 2018. So here's what this really means. Very quick breakdown of this. Uh, in college football, the coaches can go wherever they want to. That's what the big thing is. Like a coach can get fired and go someplace else. A coach can have a contract with someone and quit and go to another team, whenever they feel like it. Players, once they sign, it is basically a contract. When they sign their agreement to play for a, a, a team, for a school, they're essentially signing a contract for free school, room and board, whatever. Not actual cash, but free school, room and board for the duration of whatever. You're expected to be four years of scholarship, three years of scholarship, or at least year by year based on your keeping of a scholarship. But a coach has a contract that can be broken and renegotiated by big-time brokers for millions of dollars. A player can't just quit one school and go play at another school next year because technically that's cheating, even though coaches are cheating. So that's why it's a big deal, and the earlier you jump into a portal to transfer where you can talk to coaches and talk about what their schemes are for their for their actual play and maybe their schemes for their actual play and see if playing at a different school will give somebody a better chance to be better on the field or sometimes it really is academic. Sometimes a guy goes to a school, he gets an offer someplace and really want to go to another school and after that school sees him play somewhere else, they're more amenable to taking him in. Sometimes it really is academics. Sometimes these guys really have finished school and just want another year to play for a chance to play the big leagues. It's it's complicated. The problem is, as a student and a kid, you don't have the choice. As a coach and an adult, you can do whatever the hell you want to based on whatever money they're going to pay you. That's how that works out. Big deal here in the States. If it doesn't make sense to you, let me know, and I'll re-explain it just as confusing as I just did right now. This week's number one story seems like it was so, so far away ago. It was posted on Friday the 4th, so literally eight days before we're recording this thing. It's posted middle morning, so it didn't get a chance to really get anything for the beginning of or the end of last week, but it had plenty of time to grow within the day and within the week. It basically was shot out to number one uh, without any problems whatsoever. It was There was no chance it was actually going to drop out into the top ten, anything below one after the first day was up. It's the top-rated Twitter story anyway by leaps and bounds, so there you go. It comes up with a bumper response from the number 10 story that, of course, being the HBCUs earning their money uh, by 645 percent from the number 178 story. Yes, that's how many stories you had this week, of course. Its bump response was 9,283 percent. And from just the number two story alone, uh, 178 percent jump in response there. Here's the headline. Rising WWE star Tony Storm deletes social media accounts after private photos leak online. We got this from Fox News. This story got even larger as days went by and many other people, celebrities, and especially wrestlers in the family, put their support for Tony Storm in what happened. I'm going to read you a few lines from the story that we posted, or story from the source we posted, uh, so you can get some details on what went through this. It's been updated, uh, I believe, from this story, uh, published originally on the 3rd, a couple of updates between the 4th and the 5th and the 6th of the weekend. Rising WWE star Tony Storm deleted all their social media accounts Wednesday following a hack attempt that appeared to leak personal photos of the wrestler online. Nude photos of Storm were released in the hack, according to The Sun. 
She has since leaded her Twitter and Instagram accounts. Fellow WWE wrestlers backed the UK, the NXT UK superstar online and used We Support Tony Storm in their tweets. And so there's plenty of tweets from plenty of the stars, plenty of the announcers, people that supported her. Um, so a little bit deeper into the story. Storm is a rising star in WWE's overseas, providing ground NXT UK, proving ground NXT UK. Apologies for that. She won the 2018 May Young Classic and was labeled as, quote, the next big thing in women's wrestling by W star Mark Henry, according to The Mirror. So there's more deeper stuff going to what she's going on. She's basically at this point was she was uh, gearing up for a pretty big match in NXT UK. But uh, this a very, very serious deal. Very big deal. The fact that um, the fact that this goes on is should not be surprising, but should also be a little bit of a a freak thing. Uh, Why people think they have the rights to do these things and they probably don't think they have the rights to do these things. They just think they can get away with it is kind of the deal. We'll see how this plays out. As we said, she just deleted all of social media and she's working to keep on keeping on. Congratulations on you, Tony Storm. And hopefully you get that big win with your championship bat match coming up in a few days. It actually may have come up by now based on when this was posted. So based on what was posted, what was talked about, and of course what I just chatted up, you got the top 10 stories for the week. It's was what it was and as we said on a week we had 178 different distinct stories posted out there which was amazing on this end um we're pretty happy with what the turnout is and hopefully you are as well because if you're not it's kind of your fault so how do you fix this if it's broken or keep it going if it's not you just follow us on social media th underscore conversation for twitter and this is a conversation that's where you find us on Facebook. We're also on, on Instagram as well as This Is A Conversation. But you're not going to a chance to really vote. All we do we post there are the top five st- stories for the day. Post, well, when you see any story today, like, love, share, hate, respond. Do what you want to do to engage with the social media posting. And the more engagement it gets, the higher in the analytics it comes into this countdown. And you get the stories like the top ten here. You also get what basically didn't quite rank very high, but usually is a fairly important story. That's what we've seen lately with the almost relevant story of the week. We'll talk about that in a minute, number 178. Also, rounding out the top 15, the stories that were close, but not quite close enough. And we'll play the brackets for the first time in months with my friend Big O, the man who manages, wrangles in the consents, the the chaos that is the In the Black podcast. If it's something you're not listening to, whether you're black or not, this is a very deep and very big discussion the podcast. So we'll tell you how you can check it out and check out more about my man in just a moment here on the wrap-up show from thisisconversation.com. This is the week ending January the 12th, 2019. So the bad news is that you missed out on the New Year's sale from Bear Mattress. But the good news is they're having another sale. Yes, they are mattress people. And yes, mattress sales are kind of the thing. But there is another sale for a great mattress from Bear Mattress. Their new winter flash sale is on now. So you can save $100 off orders over $500 and $200 off orders over $1,200. And 
a free bear pillow can be tossed in as well. Now, they have two great types of mattress. One is their normal mattress, their bear mattress. The other is their hybrid mattress. I've talked a lot about the hybrid lately, so let's go back to the basic. If you don't need anything all that extra special, just a nice mattress sent to your house and open the box and poof, shows up. It's got five layers of great stuff. It's got the cover, it's got gel foam, it's got a comfort foam, it's got transitional performance foam, and high-density support foam to keep you all there. That's five layers of craziness to help you get the craziest night of sleep ever if you enjoy sleeping like a baby or maybe like a bear. Bear Mattress, if you visit our website, this is theconversation.com slash bear mattress, B-E-A-R is how it's spelled. This is theconversation.com slash bear mattress. Get your chance to look up how this mattress company can change your life and save a little money right now with their winter flash sale. They're going to save you a little bit of money still. You missed out on the big one for New Year's, but don't miss out on this one. Not quite as big, but still good money. 100 bucks off a big mattress, pretty good money. Great deal we have for you from our friends at Bear Mattress. The About page for the In the Black podcast opens like this. The In the Black podcast is a show dedicated to discussing the social issues and current events affecting you in your black world. But it's so much bigger than that. Yes, the cast of characters, and they are characters, are all for black professional people. But they open up your mind to an idea set that you probably would not have thought of because they're very diverse in themselves. And they also make sure that anyone who's not quite in the black, if you will, uh, can understand where they're coming from. And I had a chance to meet up with Big O, the man who masters this thing and masters so many other things. This guy is masterminding the art of thought and spreading it across the Internet like pretty much no one else I can think of. And I'm glad to have a chance to be a part of the show as a guest. And hopefully I'll sneak in somewhere in this current season. But I think I'm still on probation for siding on the other side of an argument. You'll have to listen to here for that. Meanwhile, let's get it on with Big O, who, of course, is the, as I've said, he masterminds the In the Black podcast. And he does so many great things. And as always, we open up the interview with the standard question. So what do you do? In my day life, I'm a father and husband. That's also a contractor for the federal government. Uh, but by night, I'm a podcaster and host of the In the Black podcast. I've been doing that for about two years now. Okay, so I didn't know about that federal government thing, so we're going to just let that slide for right now. <laughs> I, I've told people that you are an entrepreneur and do a, a lot of different things, so so we're going to let that federal contract thing slide right now. I know that's a big deal. But here's what, what I was interested about. In your, you just had a recent trip to Africa, and I watch a lot of your stuff talking about just your, your community. Are you first-generation American? I think by technicality, I am first-generation American. I came to this country when I was a kid, and just like millions of other immigrants that came here and fell in love with this country, I became a citizen in hopes of making it better. So I think first-generation is what I am. Okay, so because you have that mindset, at least, even if it's not you know on paper, you have that mindset as a first-generation does that make you living here and the things going on and how it's reported and talked about, does that change the way you think you think about things as opposed to your standard homeboy on the street? I, I think yes, without question. When I was growing up, uh, we didn't get, really get a chance to watch too much TV. We weren't really allowed to. 
So I was one of the few kids in elementary school and in middle school who knew who Walter Mondale was or Oliver North was because we were basically reading the newspaper and being forced to watch local news or the McLaughlin group or something of that nature. So I think politics, news, just being in tune with what's going on around me, I think that that is quite different than, I guess, for lack of a better description, your standard African-American. And only because by nature, unfortunately, I think that a lot of ethnic people, specifically immigrants, they come from cultures where they're more forced or in tune to be more politically and socially inclined. Does that have a impact on the conversations you have just in general now? Or is that just sort of just how things have turned into? I think it does affect the conversations I have now. I, I know I've been told to tone it down a lot when we have conversations or that when you're having general conversations, I tend to make the conversation a bit more serious than it needs to be. And I think that's just because of being as informed as I am. And I don't mean that in a braggadocious way. I just mean it just because I find myself in conversations where people aren't as in tuned as I am. Maybe I need to change my circle. I don't, I don't know. But I find that far more often in my adult life than I thought I would. Now, speaking of circles, you, your circle is much more expanded than mine is. You just made a recent trip. You've made a few trips, uh, well, overseas, I've been overseas, but to Africa, uh, looking at art, going to various places, learning the culture of the place you will. And this was a new place, you right? You said this, is, this was Ghana, right? That's correct. I am Nigerian by birth and by descendantry and all of that wonderful stuff. And I had an opportunity to go to Ghana. I went there actually because a family, my brother-in-law, recently got married and his wife is Ghanaian. And we also used it as partly as a vacation for the family as well. And going to Ghana as an African, going to another African country, it was eye-opening. It was very interesting. It was wonderful to see the commonalities that Ghana had between Nigeria. It was interesting to see the influence that America has on Ghana. And it was just interesting to see the culture and the I guess the mix of things, I was able to go with a pretty diverse group of people, Haitians, Puerto Ricans, uh, Ghanaians, the list goes on and on. And it was just a, a plethora of wonderful black faces, all of us experiencing some of these things together for the first time. And I don't want to say it was overwhelming, but it you could feel the weight of the trip the entire time. And it was a wonderful weight. It wasn't something that was too daunting. Now, the question that I've been wanting to ask this whole time is, are they asking about us? Because I'm pretty much caring about uh, about us. Do they think we're crazy over here from their perspective <laughs> over there? What, or, or, do, or do they not even care about what's happening over here? I think that it's a very strong mix of things, man. I mean, pop culture, African-American culture or American pop culture, I guess they're synonymous with one another at this point or interchangeable. But you can really see the influences that America has on Africa. Talk less about Ghana. And I think that the understanding between what African-Americans go through here, and especially given who our current president is, it is on the lips, tongues, and minds of Africans or Ghanaian people, I should say, at this point, which is very, very, very interesting, very diverse trains of thought when you go to Ghana. One of the best things that I think, one, once again, I had an opportunity when we went there, we went there doing Afrochella, which is like a concert, pop culture concert that's very akin or almost, I think, identical to Coachella, which is in California yearly. And the stars were out. And we had the opportunity to go during the New Year's holiday season. So 
Accra, which is the capital of Ghana, was which is already a very hectic city, very bustling city, became even more hectic because of the festivities and everything that was going on. So it was it was wonderful to see. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into the podcast so we can get into the brackets game in a second. In the Black Podcast, give me a quick breakdown of how it got started, who's involved, and what, I guess, the big, what you're trying to bring to the world with your vision of the podcast. Um, to be very honest with you, I have a friend of mine that started a podcast not too long ago, and it was a podcast that was dedicated to black nerds and black nerd culture. And for quite some time, I had wanted to get into the podcast scene, and I thought that there was a space that could be filled in terms of the perspective of black fathers in America. And for quite some time, I kept talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And it was really on the burner for quite some time until one day, and you have a strong black woman in your corner as well, so I know you know what this is like. One day I said it to my wife that, hey, man, I really want to do this, but I'm not really certain. And she told me, she said, either you're going to shut up or you're going to do it. <laughs> one, of the, one of the two. Because if you mention it one more time, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> and that's really how the In the Black podcast was born. And as I said, I, we've been doing this for a little over two years now. And the In the Black podcast is really a lighthearted and intelligent approach to everything going on in your black world. So that includes culture, news, family, health, you name it. We do it all from the perspective of three working-class professional men, my boy Rick, um, Hustle Hard, and Philip, the Orange Crush. Uh, they are my brothers for life. I called them at a whim, said, did they have some free time? And like I said, here we are two and a half years later. We do it all from the perspective of three working-class professional men and family men who are having open and honest dialogue and learning along the way. So that's, that's pretty much our thing. And one thing I like about it when I listen to it, and I've been on there once, and we've talked about, you know, under guys of my personal media stuff, not doing more of my news and pop culture stuff. So, yeah, my take from then will be totally different from what my take from now is, and you know <laughs> where that is. Uh, but it's, it's, it's lighthearted. It's lighthearted, but it's very um, lighthearted but serious, if you, if you get me. It's not a bunch of people making fun of stuff. You guys are really intelligent dudes, and whether you are black, brown, yellow, whatever – you can get something from listening to your perspective because you guys don't have the same general cookie-cutter perspective. You guys come from different angles and pretty much every single topic. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I appreciate that about my co-host a lot. Like I said, as much as we are the same three professional working-class family men, we all come from different backgrounds of life, so we all bring different perspectives on all sorts of topics, and it makes the conversation very very compelling. And it's oddly enough, you know, you don't, you kind of don't know where you are. And I, I don't know if this is necessarily a good thing or a bad thing or a stereotypical thing, but you don't know who you are until, until you start to cross over, if you get what I'm saying. So we started getting letters from white listeners that we didn't even know. And now we have an inside joke amongst ourselves that we have to make sure that we're, we make sure that we're clear on some certain, certain <laughs> subjects because we have white listeners, the new white listeners that we have. So like I said, you never know what you're going to get, but it's all in fun and it's all in an effort to be as informed and as articulate and as entertaining as possible. Well, awesome. Let's go ahead and get into the brackets because I know you've got a lot of things to do to take care of. Um, yes, indeed. So, um, so I'm going to re-explain it to people since we hadn't played in a while. So people who don't know how this works and kind of make sure that we go through our quote-unquote disclaimer. 
So the brackets game is a game where we just go we'll go over the top ten stories that I just presented in segment one of the show. And just to be clear, I presented you a list of topics that may make the top ten, but you do not have the actual top ten, correct? That is correct. I'm kind of worried, but let's go ahead. And do Don't it. be worried. You got this. You got this. So I'm going to present to you the stories, the top 10 stories, two at a time, bracket style, because the first round is 10 and the brackets come up four. You have a chance to pass on one grouping of stories to go through four stories, to go through the next round, to go to the next round. And eventually we'll have the top story, the story based on what your criteria is for top for the week and then we'll give you a couple minutes to give your perspective on the headline and kind of go deeper into that does that make any sense to you yes good because it, <laughs> it, 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 it usually doesn't make sense to it and i think this is a brilliant game and no one's figured it out yet so hopefully you will you will be the key to making this thing go go global that's what we're shooting for. <laughs> okay so it's all on you no pressure no pressure oh, at all. yeah right all right so are you ready for the brackets yes indeed Okay, so we re-rank them in a randomish order, so they're not 10 to 1. But the first two are the number 1 story and the number 5 story. The headlines are Rising Star, WWE, Tony Storm deletes social media accounts after private photos leak online. And the number 5 story, Phoenix Woman sent date 159,000 text messages, threatened to turn his kidneys into sushi. Which one of those stories are we moving forward or are we going to pass in the first round? <laughs> Um, let's go with the WWE one. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So the next batch of stories, remember, you can pass on a group and then you have to take whatever's left over, but you can pass on two that you don't want to, but that was the first batch. Next one is the number eight story and a three story. Eight headline was chocolates, caramels might be contaminated with hepatitis A or Americans aren't making enough babies to replace ourselves. Remember, these are voted by the people in the world, so so I, I have no <laughs> I I take no no claim to why they're in the top ten, but they're in the top ten. Um you know what? I'm gonna pass on All this. right, we're passing on this one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that means you have to take a grouping from the next three. You have to pick something from the next three. Okay, the number seven story and nine story are next. The headline for seven is Evangelical Group wants gays removed from anti lynching bill. Number nine story, Democratic leaders Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer will jointly give a response to President Trump's border wall speech tonight, which, of course, happened. Which one of those stories do you want to pass forward? Nancy and Chuck. Nancy and Chuck to, going forward? Those on the okay. Yep. The next two are the two and the four story this week. Number two headline, Ohio State QB Tate Martell enters NCLA transfer portal in wake of Justin Fields joining Buckeyes. And number four, Trump's ex-lawyer Michael Cohen will testify at House Oversight Committee before entering prison. Which one of those? Is oh, yeah, Cohen. Forward? We're going to have to go with Cohen. Cohen's there, okay. And now you have to pick one of the last two. This one came down literally this morning, uh, early this morning or late last night, California time. That's number six and the number 10 story as well. California police officer Natalie Cortona, 22, shot and killed versus HBCU president's giving circle raises $120,000 for 24 HBCUs. Which one of those is moving forward? Let's go with the HBCU. Okay. So that means we're now matching up Tony Storm, the number one story about the WWE star who deleted her social media this week, and the number nine story, Chuck and Nancy, saying they're going to talk after President Trump talked, which happened on Wednesday. We're still going to go with Chuck and Nancy. All right. So now we're pairing up 
Michael Cohen, who's going to testify next week before he goes to prison, versus the HBCUs uh, earning themselves or raising for themselves $120,000 for Giving Tuesday. Wow. You hit me with a hard one because I like both. That's, that's, that's why it's the unfair brackets. That's why I make it this way. That's why nobody likes to play the game, which is why we hadn't played it in months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to go with Cohen. Cohen, okay. So which one, and we'll give you a little time for both so you can make it their way, but now you have Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. This was them saying they were going to have some rebuttal time after President Trump's wall border speech, which was Wednesday, and Michael Cohen, who was going to testify, I believe, on Tuesday. But next week he's supposed to testify before a House Oversight Committee for the public to see before he heads up to prison. Which one do you, Big O, say is the, the top story for you? Cohen. It's got to be number one. Cohen's number one. Okay. So for anybody who's been living on the rock lately, Michael Cohen is a guy who used to be Trump's big-time fixer, who now Trump says is a loser who didn't really do much for him, yet he's going to jail for doing a lot of stuff for Donald Trump. Uh, and in the process, um, he's he's – Switched his story. He is singing like a bird and is about to do so in front of the House committee. And I believe he spoke before Senate or House before back when he was under Trump's supervision. And now as a rogue, he's going to do it before he goes to prison because he could not avoid prison jail time. So, Mr. Big O, sir, I'm going to let you go ahead and get into this. Tell us what you feel about this story and take your time. Tell us how you feel about Michael Cohen and him testifying before Congress next week. I think that this is one of the most interesting stories of the week, not just because it has to do with Agent 45 specifically, but just because of how things have changed. This was a man that, if everyone recalls, during the campaign said that he would take a bullet for the president. And now here we are, how many years later, not even a full two years later, he's turning, <laughs> turning state evidence, I guess? to tell everybody how horrible a person Donald Trump is. He did an interview not too long ago with George Stephanopoulos where he said he's tired of the lies, he's no longer going to be lying for the president, for someone that doesn't respect him, that his duties are to his family, his wife, his children, and to the United States. So I am, I don't think it's a little bit much to say excited, but I am excited to see what he has to say. Because let's not forget, this is going to be a public hearing. They're going to be able to broadcast this. It's going to be on C-SPAN. We're going to be able to see exactly some of the things that were, some of the deposition that was taken privately of him during the whole Mueller investigation. So I'm really excited to see what he has to say. And I don't think that we should be surprised. It's very interesting that America's second black president is really a white guy. And this is what I mean by that. Many people thought that if you were to elect a black president, that he would have bad credit, he would have several baby mamas, he would be bad with money, he'd be a liar, a cheat, and a snake oil salesman. And here we are that Donald Trump is America's black stereotype as the president. I'm, I want to see if what Cohen has to say is going to confirm all of those things. I'm really excited about it, to be honest with you. All right. You want two minutes to talk about Chuck and Nancy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck and Nancy, I think that they should have kept that rebuttal to themselves. And I don't mean that in a way that's disparaging on them, but they didn't seem to have any energy or life to them. They looked like your parents scolding you about a bad report card when you saw them on TV, which was 
not what I think America needs. America needed some sort of energy needed to they needed to make the case more fervently about what Donald Donald Trump was presenting in terms of immigration and the nonsensical wall that he's been fighting for that has 800 and some odd thousand federal workers unemployed at this time. I think they could have done a better job. I don't know if they can make a better argument than what they made, but they, they sure as hell didn't give it a good try. That's as much as I can say about that. Big O, tell us how we can get to your podcast and how we can get to you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Uh, I want to thank you. Of course, Brother Payne, you are one of the godfathers of podcasting. I've been listening and following you for quite some time, and I cannot thank you enough for having me on the show. Um, our show is on all major streaming services, so Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tons of other places. Uh, you can kick it with us on social media at In the Black PDCST on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. We take listener letters on our show, so you can send your emails to itbp at intheblackpodcast.com. And you can always check out past episodes of our show at www.intheblackpodcast.com. And I am Big O, Mr. In the Black himself. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at mr underscore in the black. We have a lot of great things coming down the pipe this year, so make sure you check us out and become a part of our uh, In the Black family. And hopefully I get a chance to redeem myself in um, a uh, appearance in this upcoming season. Um, so I'm, I'm putting that out there right now. But thank you so much for um, spending some time with me and doing the game. Like I said, no one wants to do it because no one's figured it out yet, and I'm pretty sure you haven't either. So, um, <laughs> so, so we're so we're gonna do this till somebody gets it, and that's just how that's how, how it's gonna go, I guess. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. If there's one thing I definitely don't need right now, it's more work to do. And that's what I've given myself as I created actually a handful of new short podcasts. Today, I want to talk to you about the podcast pep talk, which you can find at jclevenpain.net slash podcast pep talk. And it's exactly as it is. It's a 60 second really quick boast boost of motivation, a boast maybe too as well. Maybe I'm boasting, but it's a boost of motivation to all you people who are new to podcasting. Now, if you're a person like me who listens to a bunch of podcasts about podcasts, you'll hear the same things over and over again. And what I'm going to give you won't necessarily give you anything earth shattering as a way to get yourself started. But for those who you are getting started and are worried about some things going on, it will give you a bit of a pep talk on why you should keep going or why you should avoid some certain tropes that we have in our industry. So I'm not sure how much it's worth, but you can check it out and get a little pep talk every single week at Podcast Pep Talk or from Podcast Pep Talk, the actual home for it right now jclevenpain.net slash podcast pep talk and that's my main website so you can find other things there as well as we're cleaning up for the new year you'll see that website grow and expand and be something hopefully useful again but for right now it is the home for the podcast pep talk yet another podcast i don't have time to do you can find it at jclevelandpain.net slash podcast pep talk We had a great show today, and it's not even done. Three full segments with a replay, a redo, a reset for the bracket game. 
No one's scheduled to play next week, so we'll see what happens when we get an interview. But I'm glad I had a chance to get Big O on and check out him and his podcast, In the Black Podcast. Just search for that. It is all over the place, and it's something that's going to teach you a few things and, and entertain you in the process. So thanks very much for Big O and all the cast for In the Black Podcast for doing that and O for stopping by and playing my Silly Brackets game. 178 distinct different stories you posted this week, so we'll talk about that in just a bit. But first, we're going to go to some shout-outs, starting off on the Facebook today. Facebook shout-outs to Rebecca Davis, Kat Troop, uh, Adele Carnes stepping in this week, and also Daniel Williams talking about uh, replying back to many very stories on the week for that one. Let's go to the Twitter and some folks there. A very nice uh, reply from Social Media for Podcasts who said, thank you for the follow and thank you for connecting. So we'll have a bunch of connections with some social media folks and podcasters in the future. Uh, usual suspects includes AARP Goddess. We have people in here including Deb Houghton McMahon, Deb Houghton McMahon, get that straight, Albert D. DeSintis, and the Michael Schumacher Podcast. That sounds very, very interesting. The Michael Schumacher Podcast. Thank you so much for you guys for commenting, replying, and doing your things in the social media so that I know that you guys are listening and we're getting love, so we're giving some extra love out to you folks in the world as well. Very quick slip into the housekeeping going on, and we had three segments, so we had that going on. No real funny business in any of the stories. Everything was straightforward in the numbers for everything in the top 15 all the way down to 178. There is a noticeable difference in the theme music for the week, and uh, to be totally honest, the reason why we have new theme music, although I want to give credit to Big O for stepping in and doing, doing the brackets, that'd be great to say I was inspired by him. But to be totally honest, I ended up erasing the theme music drops in the main recording and could not find the original sources. So we had to go from scratch. It was time to update anyway. I was in the process of thinking that anyway. But that's why we have the music today. It was a quick pick. I think I like it, so I think it'll stick around. If you're not a fan of the music, a reply to me at the conversation inbox at gmail.com let me know what you think about it and if you know an artist who will offer up their music it's got to be free or or extremely extremely well priced we can take a look and maybe work a deal on that end so of course we had the interview which was always longer than than you think it's going to be and we had the beginning section which is usually longer if i'm not being pithy about it so we're having a long podcast today I think we're okay with that Uh, we'll work on that if we get more interviews to make the first part a bit more pithy again but we're just going to be happy that we had what we did. Let's go to the almost relevant story. And like we said, we overachieved this week with 178 distinct stories. The headline for this one is Myanmar Rejects Rotors Journalist Appeals. And so since we're running out of time, we're not going to go too deep into the stories. We pulled this off the BBC website. It came out Friday, January the 11th, and it was um, essentially this morning as we recorded this. And Myanmar has had issues with journalists, which many countries not like us do. And they have uh, arrested some Reuters journalists that have been in jail and been in custody for quite some time. They've once again appealed their sentences, basically telling the truth. And as we know, those type of people, those type of dictators, those type of countries can basically say no. So when we talk about all the complaining about who runs the media and the fake news and calling people the enemy of the state, be very careful what you say and what you may wish for. Let's round out the top 15. Uh, The story is not quite big enough to get into the top 10 this week. Number 11 first. 
Goodyear Blimp, first non-player or coach to be recognized by the College Football Hall of Fame as an honorary member. Since the Blimp is not an actual person, you can't actually be a member of the Hall of Fame, but why not? Uh, the Goodyear Blimp has been there for all the big college games and has been a Goodyear itself has been a sponsor of college football for quite some time. So congratulations to the Blimp for making it. You got it, dog. Uh, this is going to be a pretty big class of college football um, people in it. A lot of big names who um, may or may not have shone as brightly as they wanted to in the pros, but a lot of big names that were really big in college football to talk about, including we're very proud here in Arkansas of the one, the only, Darren McFadden, who may not have been the thing to bring the Oakland Raiders out of obscurity and didn't quite light up the world when he was a part of the Dallas squad as, as well. Uh, but uh, he was one of the most massive and most popular players in college football, and I got a chance to see him in person. One of the biggest things about moving to Arkansas and having to follow that team was the fact that they had some great talent in those years, and watching him play was amazing. Let's move on to the number 12 story for this week. Also not quite big enough to get into the top 10 is meteorologist Jeremy Kappel fired after using racial slur on air. This one's a bit of a a bit of a head scratcher, if you will, because a lot of people, including people on Twitter and Facebook, replying back to me specifically on what exactly he did. Essentially, he was saying a children's limerick, lim, limerick or something like that. And somewhere in there is because it's an old limerick, had something that wasn't so nice to say in these times. Go look up the story and figure out for yourself whether you think he did and where you think he should have been fired. Number 13 for this week. Bungie Games confirms Destiny franchise will split off from Activision. Bungie and Activision are having a divorce. And because of that, Bungie is going to take the Destiny franchise with them. Now, many people love the Destiny games. You can say that Destiny is sort of a godfatherish of some of the, um, the, the single-player games that are going on right now that are popular, including things like Fortnite and PUBG. However, Destiny... Went to a bit of a uh, a bit of a downslide when it was bought when Bungie was bought by Activision. Now that Bungie's splitting away and taking Destiny with them, many people are happy that the original owners are back in control to bring the original vision back to that video game. A lot of people loving the game and loving getting it that in there. It stayed pretty high in the top ten for a few days uh, or for a few hours when we posted it. Uh, the Thursday, January the tenth, when that got posted, but uh, didn't quite live long enough with some of the later things we posted in there. Number 14, hundreds of TSA screeners calling out sick. Told you we'd get to this eventually. Now, the shutdown, which as of this recording is the tide for the longest shutdown in history at 21 days. And today, the first day that the, the 11th of January, the first day where people aren't getting their actual paychecks because they are delayed, uh, is starting to cause a bit of a kerfuffle in the D.C. area and just kind of in general for, for government people. About 800,000 people are furloughed, so they're not getting paid. Some are working because they're essential workers. TSA screeners are essentially te- essential workers, but there have been a, a mass amount of sick outs calling in sick. And a lot of these people are calling in sick because they're working second jobs and make money. We know that. So we'll see how long this thing it takes to be resolved. We'll see if next week we're still talking shutdown. Uh, but right now there is uh, no impasse. There's no not collusion. There, there's no coordination between the Democrats and President Trump, not necessarily the Republicans, but President Trump in opening the government and getting the whole thing fixed. And the number 15 story this week, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg is missing arguments for the first time in more than 25 years. Now, 
later, earlier, later, sometime in the day, as we were doing the recording and editing, a news story came out to update this one. So uh, Justice Ginsburg will be back in their seat come Monday. No further tests, no further observations, no listening on, on the speakerphone. She'll be back uh, at, at work on Monday, assuming there is a work and assuming there's a Monday, uh, doing what she does, sitting in the arguments and basically being a badass for all practical purposes. That's it. 15 stories all together plus one at 178. So we talked about what we had from top to middle to very much bottom here in the wrap-up show. And since we've gone long, we're going to wrap this thing up right here, right now. You know how it all works. We need you to share this show with a friend, with some enemies, and some random strangers on the street. Grab their phones, subscribe to it, and hand them back. Trust me, they will they will thank you for that, guaranteed. We also want to make sure you are subscribed as well so you don't miss out when the show comes down automatically in your feed. Wherever your pods, your favorite pods are, we is there. If you're an Apple person, if you're an Android person, if you just like listening on your browser, which I do, you can check out all the podcasts at wherever they are or just go look for them at our main website, thisisaconversation.com. Also, check out our sponsors there as well because they help keep the little one fed so she's happy and I can work on these things. And, of course, our big sponsor this week is Bear Mattress. You may have missed the sale for New Year's, but there's a second sale that may save you still a good chunk of money on the mattress that you already know you need to get. Thank you so much for a big O for stopping by from In the Black Podcast and playing the game and making the show long. I got no problem with that. Questions, comments, or concerns, you can email them to theconversationinbox at gmail.com. As we said, our main website is thisisaconversation.com. And, of course, talk to me directly. Uh, my main website is jclevenpain.net and email me at jclevenpain at gmail.com. That is it. Those are the stories that we had for last week. So what's coming up this week? It's all up to you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and you engage with the stories. That means you tell us which ones are the tops, which ones are the very bottoms. In the wrap-up show from thisisaconversation.com, I'm Jay Cleveland Payne, and I will talk to you next week.